What's going on, you guys? It's your boy, Sean Campbell. We're doing it for the first time on podcast. I'm so excited. Um, welcome to We Are Royalty. Listen, if you ever felt like you don't belong, if you felt like you're an outcast, know that there's a purpose in your life that God is calling you into, and that is being a part of the kingdom. Yes, part of his kingdom. Listen, you are the royal priesthood. And listen, we're going to be here today and we're going to be sharing some light to you guys, okay? Um, It is May 10th, Mother's Day. So to all the mothers out there, I just want to say happy Mother's Day to you guys. We love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. I want to give a special shout out to my mom, Angela Campbell from Monroe, Louisiana, holding it down all the way out in Louisiana. And I'm out here in Georgia. She's been there. She's been my rock. She's been there with me through the hard times and the good times. So, I mean, ain't nobody like that. I can honestly say that's been rocking with me as long as my mom has. So, I mean, my dad has, of course, but we talking about moms today. You know what I mean? Yeah, mom, it's your day. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you enjoyed the gifts. I hope you enjoyed everything that um, that God has to offer for you today and from this day forward. Um, I, I, I thank you for everything that you do. And as many people out there that's listening, I know they're thankful for their moms. And if you don't have a mom or your mom is not um, on this earth living anymore, I just want to say um, God's blessings upon you. And I pray that, you know, God will strengthen you during this time and each year that you have to go through this season, I know it's not the, the the best. I can't even tell you that I know what it feels like, but I will tell you that I'm on your side and I'm praying for you. All right. So this is We Are Royalty. All right. And we're going to start off with this uh, first segment uh, of Daniel. OK, now, listen, I'm going to take my time with this because um, this book of Daniel is some deep stuff. It deals a lot with the end times. And um, if you know anything about the end times, if you don't know anything about the end times, go out and check out Revelations. So I start reading up on Revelations. But um, I find that Revelations and Daniel correlate with each other as far as parallelism in the Bible. It has a lot to do with the end times. So if you're really interested on wanting to know what God is doing in this day and age as far as with his people and with the nations on this of this world, I advise you to let's dive in this thing together and I advise you just just let's just read and, and just dive deep into it. So um without further ado, um like I told you, I'm gonna take my time with it. Um, we're coming from Daniel chapter one. Um, we're gonna do verses one through six on chapter one. And we're going to get into it like that. As you can hear, I got my Bible ready to go and I'm ready to read. Um, But um, I want to even just share this with you guys, man. As I've been reading the book of Daniel, man, um, I've been so blessed by it, man. I'm not going to even lie to you. It's been blessing my soul. I ain't gonna, and I'm not going to even hold you up. You know, God's been speaking to me about reading Daniel for over two months now. And I ain't, I ain't going to hold you up again. I'm going to say this, man. I hadn't been obedient to listening to what God has been telling me to do as far as reading Daniel. I said, God, I'll read it later. But I didn't realize God wanted me to read it right then. And so as I'm reading Daniel, I'm, reading, I'm really understanding that 
this book has a lot to do with what's going on in this day and age. You know, we're going through a pandemic, you know, we having to stay at home, we have to be in quarantine. You know, it's not the easiest um, situation at times. For some of us who are introverts, it's the best time of our lives. But for me, man, I'm telling you, I'm an extrovert and I never knew I was an extrovert until I had to stay at home pretty much throughout the whole entire week, man. I have been longing for community. I have been longing to reach and call people. I have been longing for physical touch. I want to hug somebody because, listen, I have missed my family. I miss my community. I miss my friends. Oh, man, like it's nothing like sitting down and and, and, and catching up with friends, you know, fellowshipping with brothers and sisters in Christ and and just, you know, just just loving on each other, man, and, and, and able to, you know, share what God's been, been telling you and what God's been showing you and vice versa and just being able to be blessed by community and allowing people to, you know, just deposit um, God's love upon you and you do the same and you walk away just feeling filled and you're feeling good about yourself, you know? And so um, I'm not going to lie. I've been trying to do that with calls and conversations and stuff like that. I've been on the phone calling out, reaching out people, calling out people that I hadn't called in a long time, you know, which was good because God hit it on my heart to, you know, reach out to those people. And so um, it's been good, but it ain't nothing like, you know, sitting with somebody face to face. I know somebody out there understand what I'm saying. All right. So I'm not going to hold you up too long, but um, we're going to hop right into it. And so um, before we really get into the word, um, I want to give you an overview of what's happening before we really get into it. So Daniel, my man is big chilling. You know, he's in Bethlehem. He's not Bethlehem. I'm sorry. He's in Jerusalem. He's in Jerusalem and he's doing his thing, you know. Uh, Daniel has this particular lifestyle that he's living, you know, in Bethlehem. I keep saying Bethlehem, y'all. In Jerusalem, he has this, um, this, this, this lifestyle that he's living in Jerusalem, man. This man, as a young man, is I'm pretty sure getting up every morning, going into you know prayer, praying with God, getting to hear God's voice, hearing what He has to say to him on that morning, then going to the temple, worshiping His name, you know him, he, 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 him on, in the temple praying, probably go grab something to eat. Then he go back to the temple, pray some more. You know what I mean? Then he probably goes home, do some chores. You know what I mean? Uh, around the house, you know, as a young man around that time, men have chores, you know. We even to this day have chores. Um, but, you know, I'm pretty sure he had chores he had to do. And then, you know, when he got done, you know, he probably went back to pray again. And then after he went to go pray again, it was probably time for dinner. And then he went back to praying again and he probably ended up going to sleep. Pretty sure that was his culture. I, I can't tell you that for sure, for sure, but I can probably give you a, 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 a general understanding of this is probably what he probably was doing. And so when you live in a lifestyle like this, and you, you think about it, it's not that complicated. It's not that crucial. It's something very simple, you know? And so um, when you live in a simple lifestyle like this, you, you can't be mad at it, you know what I mean? For some people who don't like to pray that much, you know, it could be a little hard. But when you're accustomed to this, this lifestyle, you don't really think it's a bad thing thing, you know, so um, we think about our lifestyle, we think about our daily routines, you know, for some people, it might be hard for them, you know, but for us, because we're used to it, it's not that big of a deal for us, you know, and so um, with this young man right here, man, Daniel, he, he he's living this lifestyle, and it's just simple, you know what I mean, but um, something is about to happen, 
his world's about to get turned upside down. You know, um, things about to start changing in his life. So let's hop into it. So it says in Daniel chapter one, in the third year of reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off up to the temple his God in, ba- in Babylonia and put it in the treasure house of his God. Uh, let's stop right there. So that's a lot that just happened right there. So before we can even really understand what's happening about Nebuchadnezzar taking over and sieging Babylon, you know, uh, not Babylon, but uh, sieging Jerusalem, Babylon uh, sieging um, Jerusalem, um, we got to figure out what's happening in this moment. All right. So I want to talk about Daniel's perspective. Now, I'm going to stop right here because I want to share something with you guys. Now, how I know a lot of this information and what God is sharing with me is because God is deposited into me. But also, I got the Life Application Study Bible. And if you're looking for a Bible to study, this is a super plug. I got to plug it in because it's so good and it's been good to me. And I thank God for this Bible. But if you're looking for a Bible that is giving you more um, feedback or more information about what's going on uh, in, in the word of God and giving you more language and language where that it, it's be able to break it down in a way for you to understand. I advise you guys to get a study Bible. I mean, I have the life application study Bible. I advise you to go to your, lo- your local um, Christian store and get you a, uh, you know, a study Bible because it's very important, especially as young millennials today. If we really want to get into the word and really understand the word. We really got to dive deep into the word and we can't do that, but just reading it. We really have to have have an understanding. We got to have some resources to help us fully understand and, and bring this thing all the way around for us. Because, you know, I know me, I know how I learn. I'm a physical learner. I'm a visual learner. So I need to see it. I need to be able to smell it. I need to do all of that. You know what I mean? So I need to be able to really dive deep in the word. So just taking, you know, a King James Version Bible and saying, I understand it ain't going to do it for me. I got to really break it down. So with the study Bible, it helps you really understand how uh, things are, well, what's going on in the story and what's happening in the, in the word of God. And it's able to break it down and even give you some back things that you didn't even know about or wasn't even, even mentioned into the word of God or even mentioned, um, through, uh, the message that has been spoken. You know, there are a lot of, um, theologians and a lot of, uh, men and professors and, and doctors who, who, who gone and studied and really, you know, came up with the opportunity to, Put all this stuff down for us to understand it and take heed to what God is able to bless them and anoint their minds to be able to put this thing down. And I would be a fool not to be able to, you know, um, take heed to it and read to it because I know I, I have a thirst for knowledge and I have a thirst for knowing who God is more and more. Now, listen, I have gone on a whole rampage. I have gone through a whole bunny trail, but I'm getting back to it. But I wanted to throw that plug in because it's very important. Uh, about having this. It's very important to have a study Bible, you guys. It's very important to go back and read and, and find the applications to what's been happening, what's been going on and the stories that you're reading in the Bible because it brings everything full circle. So back into it. All right. So in my study Bible, I'm going to break down what's happening in this portion. Now in Daniel, with Daniel, um, Daniel, like I said, he's doing his thing. He's He's pretty much just, you know, hmm, 
he's doing his regular daily routine. He's living his lifestyle and everything's good, right? But in this portion of him, you know, getting his lifestyle and doing his lifestyle and everything, God's speaking to him in the portions of him going into the temple, him being at home, praying and worshiping God in the moment, or him going to, before he go to bed after, after supper and him worshiping God in that moment, God's speaking to him. He's getting a revelation that, you know, people of, of, of Jerusalem uh, are not doing what they're supposed to do. The people of Judah are not doing what they're supposed to do. They have found it back to a way where they have now taken God's authority and thrown it away and now doing other things other than worshiping God. And, and, and they're not, you know, long story short, they're acting out. And they 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 don't they acting the whole fool out here, you know what I mean? And I hate to say it, but that's what's happening. They acting the whole fool out here. And so Daniel was realizing that all this is happening, and he realized that as he's continuing to go into the temple and he's reading these these different stories of Jeremiah, because Daniel loved studying Jeremiah. From what I've, I've read, he read Jeremiah. He knew that Jeremiah was a prophet, and Jeremiah dealt with this same situation with the children of Israel as well. You know, these these people had a hard Ahead, you know, and and when God was allowing Jeremiah to speak to these people, they weren't listening to what he had to say. But it took God's wrath for them to really pay attention and get it together. And so Daniel's in a place where he's realizing this thing is about, it's starting to happen again. These people are acting a fool again. And he realizes that these people don't get it together. Something's going to happen. So I kind of feel like Daniel was kind of already in the loop to what was going, what God was doing because God was speaking to Daniel. Now, did God share specifically what was going to happen? Who knows, you know? I don't know if God really showed, showed Daniel him being, you know, uh, in captive to Babylonians. We don't know. But what I do know is that throughout the whole entire time, Daniel was not shaken. He was not moved. He continued to do what he was supposed to do. And that was to stay at the feet of Jesus. Now, I want to tell you, I want to ask you guys, in the process of you living your everyday life and you're going through what you, you, your lifestyle and everything is, you know, what it is and you're doing your thing. And God speaks to you and tells you that in a matter of days, things are about to be turned upside down. You know what I mean? I can't tell you specifically what it's going to look like. In that moment, are you going to panic? Or are you going to continue to stay faithful to God and stay at his feet? What would you do in that moment? You know, what would you do? I know for me, I can't honestly say I know what I would do specifically. But what I can say is that if God's giving me this heads up, he's letting me know that it lets me know that. He loves me so much that he's willing to give me a heads up of what's about to happen to me or what's about to happen around me. And I guess that's supposed to gear me up until and, and, and so that I can be ready so I don't have to be afraid or I don't have to be scared. I can be steadfast and I can stand strong on his word no matter what's going on around me. You know, um, in the beginning of this year, man, 2020, you know, the pastors was preaching about 2020 vision. I can guarantee you there's a group of pastors out there that was all coming together saying, hey, we're going to talk about 2020 vision because it's a play on words. Who wouldn't want to preach about somebody having 2020 vision in the tw- year 2020, man? I ain't going to lie. I already knew in 2019, I just had a, f- a feeling that somebody, a preacher is going to say something about having 2020 vision in the year 2020. But truth be told, I don't know if it was just something God was sharing with me or whatever. And there was nothing. It's not to knock any pastors out there that's, that's, that's sharing that word, because I'm pretty sure it was a I'm pretty sure it was a really good word. But I know for me, 
that work that, that plug in words 2020 vision was so on point you know you know it may it may seem kind of like oh yeah he's going with the 2020 vision uh message but truth be told yo we gotta have 2020 vision in this day and age especially what's going on right now god let me tell you i need to hear what you got to say i need to see what you're doing i want to be where you are i need to be in the lens where you see what you see because God, I can't be in this thing blind. You know, I can't be in this thing not knowing what you're doing. So God, give me the 2020 vision. Let me see your lens because I need to see things through your lens. I need to be able to see what you're doing so I can stand steadfast like Daniel. You know, like in, like I said in the beginning of this shit, man, we were at a point where, you know, pastor was talking about, I know my specific pastor he was talking about, you know, uh, season 2020, like what God, whatever God has uh, uh, for you in your life, you know what I mean? Seize that, you know, take that moment. If God's telling you to get up and go for it, go for it. Don't just stand still. And I know before prior 2019, God had me in a, in a, in a season of just being still. And it was hard for me to be still, but once I've gotten acquainted and, and, and comfortable with being still, God was now telling me, yo, it's time to go. And so now I'm at a point where I have to go and I'm seizing every, I'm trying to seize every moment. I'm starting to write things down, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm in the mode, you know? And so, and I'm pretty sure everyone else was too. We all, we were all in the mode. And then all of a sudden this thing happens and our culture begins to change. Now, I'm talking about the world culture. The culture of the world begins to change. Things are beginning to be shut down. People are getting sick. People are dying. This is not our normal culture. This is not what happens in our culture. We're having to wear masks. This is not our normal culture. Things around us are starting to change in the world. But God is saying in the, in the midst of all of this happening, happening, are you still going to stay steadfast? Are you still going to be focused? Are you still going to stand still and know that I am God? And so when I realized that, I'm like, yo, I need to get myself together. But it took me being home by myself. It took me being in quarantine to realize God was trying to talk to me because I found myself outside of God's kingdom culture. And I found myself in a place where I was acting up in the world. I started getting nervous. I'm like, man, I need I need tens and hundreds of toilet tissue. I need all the, the water in the world. I need, even though I got that water, I, I'm over here acting like this is the end of the age. You know what I mean? I had to ask myself like, yo, am I becoming what everyone else around me becoming? Or am I, or do I need to become a light? Am I becoming a light or am I just following what everyone else is doing? Am I just blending in or I'm just adapting to what's happening around me? How am I, like God was just had to let me know, like, no, don't fret, don't be afraid. I got you. For the birds don't even ma- don't even care what they eat. They find what they find and they're happy. So how much more that I care about you, my creation, the one I gave breath to, the one I, I allowed live and to have choice. How much more do you have more authority to know that, listen, no matter what happens and whatever comes my way, God, I will trust you and I know that you will feed me. I know that you would clothe me. I know that you would give me tissue. I know that you would, you know, you would supply things for me in the midst of my scarcity. I know that you will. And so I had to stop that and I had to get out of my mindset of of thinking that way. And I had to just trust God. Exactly what Daniel was doing. He had to really, he, he, he really, in this portion of what was going on, no matter what had happened around him, he was trusting God throughout the whole entire process. And I ain't gonna lie to you. 
God, you, you probably saying, well, God didn't warn us like, you know, he warned Daniel. But truth be told, yes, he did warn us. When we read his word, he talks about, you know, the end times, you know, and what's going to happen. And I'm not saying that this is the end times, but God begins to show us in his word, especially in Revelation. So go back and read Revelation. I'm telling you, it's good. In Revelation, talks about things that are going to happen to let us know when the end is coming, you know. And even before the end comes, some things are going to have start happening in our in our world to alert us. It's like, hey, we need to get it together. So to say that we haven't been alerted or letting us know that we hadn't gotten a heads up is to say that's that's kind of like a lie, y'all. We we we've been getting word from God. Hey, we need to get it right, you know. The signs it shows you in the word of God things that will be happening in the world, and we see as we see those things that's happening in the in the word of God, they're happening now in the world. We realize, yo, we coming to an end. It's coming to a close. And so when I see people killing each other for no reason, when I see tornadoes, um, uh, 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 fires that's out of control, things are being burnt down, uh, tsunamis and hurricanes are coming out of nowhere. When we're talking about a pandemic, and after that we got uh, killed the hornets and all this different stuff that's happening we got to really open our eyes and see okay yo god is showing us something god is telling us something through all all of this god is telling us something and we got to open our eyes to see what god is trying to say to us you know and no matter what it is we got the blueprint we're good God has already gave us the blueprint. All we need to do in the matter of whatever's going on around us is trust God and know that he has our back. All right. And so I think that's what Daniel was doing in this process. So after all this is going on, you know, Daniel, he, he realizes what's going on after reading Jeremiah. He's understanding like, yo, this is what's going on. We need to get it together. You know what I mean? So. After I'm pretty sure after, you know, uh, Daniel's realizing what's going on and Nebuchadnezzar comes in, you know what I mean? Now, this is the crazy part. King Nebuchadnezzar comes in and invades Judah, right? He comes in and invades, right? But this is what he does specifically. This man takes fine specimen of people like I'm talking about that got to look like Tens. They ain't nobody looking like no no fours around here. You got to be a straight ten. He said they have to be the most beautiful women, the most handsomest men, the most wisest men in Judah. I'm only taking them. And I can only imagine they lined them up and picked them out one by one, which one they wanted to take to Babylon. And so Daniel was one of those people. And along with his friends, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But their names weren't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if anybody want to know. Their real names were Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I'm pretty sure you know this, it came from King Nebuchadnezzar. He renamed them, you know? And it had something to do with other gods. That Their names had something to do with gods uh, that they worshipped in Babylon. But God had named them Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And I won't even stop right there. When it comes to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, these names have meaning to it. So when you think about your name, ask yourself, what does my name mean? And how does that apply to my purpose? Because every person in the Bible, their name had meaning and it had a lot to do with their purpose in the word of God. Yeah, I know you say, yeah, my mom named me, my dad named me. But it was because of God that gave them the wisdom to even name you that name for you to start your purpose in that moment from the moment you took breath. So I just encourage you, if you don't know what your name means, find out what your name means and and ask yourself or even ask God, like, God, what does this have to do with my purpose? 
You know, a lot of you guys ask yourself, man, what is my purpose? You know, and I, it took me a long time to realize that, but I finally realized what my purpose was. And truth be told, my purpose is to help people. And and that means in every form of platform, every form of um, how any whatever form that is, is just to help people. You know, my God has brought me on this earth to be a gift to people. And so I want to be a blessing to people. I want to be able to uh, inspire people. I want to be able to help people in a time of need. I want to be able to pour out God's wisdom upon people if God gives me the word to give. So that's, I'm realizing my purpose, you know. And so Daniel realized his purpose. He knows his purpose. He knows what his name means. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they know what their names mean. But in the study Bible, if you need a study Bible, go to a study Bible at the, the a local Christian store. But um, in the study Bible, it talks about what their names mean. So Daniel means God is my judge. Hananiah means the Lord shows grace. Mishael means who is like God. And Azariah means the Lord helps. And so I'm reading this. I'm like, yo, that's pretty good. That's some good. That's some good stuff. But then God told me, yo, no, 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 no. Put it together. Put it in a sentence. So I did. And, and, and this is what it reads. It says, the Lord helps. Who is like God? The Lord shows grace. God is my judge. And I want to tell you this. I want to tell y'all this. That sentence alone means so much when it comes to their journey that they're about to take. They don't even know what's ahead of them. But they have so much faith to believe that God's going to be with them. And with this sentence, it's going to be a testimony to what God is going to do in their lives. And I want to encourage you in this, this pandemic that we're going through. Don't be discouraged because only God can help you in this time of need. Ain't nobody like God that can do what he can do. I'm telling you, I've seen God do some amazing things in my life. He done the impossible in my life. Only God can do what he, what I know he can do. And I know he can do it for you. And God shows grace in the moments of disparity. He shows so much grace. And he even shows grace to this, to your enemies as well. And as we re- continue reading on, we're going to read about King Nebuchadnezzar and so many other kings that God gives grace to. God could have completely killed them. God could have put them in a, in, in, put him in a bad place. Now, one of the kings did die, but um, we're, not, we're not there yet. But and the same token, guys, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a spoiler alert. King Nebuchadnezzar gets so much grace, but in the process of God's grace, his heart begins to turn and he realizes that God is real. And that that is what God wants us to be in a place where we can be a light and allow God to show grace upon people, you know, despite how they treat us, despite what they've done to us and watch their hearts turn to God. We're talking about a man who captured Daniel and so many other people. And despite whatever was happening, Daniel still had peace of heart in his heart. And he was still there for King Nebuchadnezzar. He still told King Nebuchadnezzar the truth. He still was faithful to God. He still showed up for King Nebuchadnezzar. He did everything he was supposed to do for King Nebuchadnezzar. And as he was a faithful servant, not only to King Nebuchadnezzar, but to God and doing his duties and doing what he was supposed to do. God began to be used. I mean, God was able to use Daniel in that light and God was able to be shown through Daniel. And because of that, Dan, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar began to have a change of heart. It was a slow process, but hey, it get, got done. Let me tell you something. The, the best things don't happen in 30 seconds. Let me tell you, the best things that you eat 
is when that slow cook is on. I don't know if you ever had a, a, a pot roast in a um, crock pot, but man, let me tell you, when that meat is so juicy and you peel it, man, I'm telling you, man, ain't nothing like a, a, a slow cooker, man. It's something good about a slow cooker, man. I'm telling you, man. I got two of them things, man, at the house right now. And I'm telling you, it's so good. But that's how God treats, you know, people. He he, he wants it to be, he wants us to be flavorful. He wants us to be, be able to, you know, he wants to take his time with us. You know what I mean? And so everything doesn't happen overnight, you know. King Nebuchadnezzar had to be a working process, you know. It first started like when he was talking to Daniels like, praise you and your God. I know I'm jumping the gun, guys. But he was talking about, he was talking to Daniels like, praise you and your God for showing me this dream. I'm jumping the gun. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to get back to the point of hand because I'm, I'm running off bunny trails. Listen, guys, y'all gonna realize, about, realize this about me. I do run off bunny trails, but it just be the Holy Spirit using me. So just bear with me, all right? But getting back to it, you know, Daniel was in a place. He was captured um, by Babylon. Uh, Daniel was one of the people who um, were captured um, and taken to Babylon. Him, Azariah, Mishael, and Azariah. And then, of course, you read, it talks about how, you know, Daniel um, and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah get renamed. Um, Daniel was named Belshazzar, Belshazzar, and uh, uh, Shadrach was, uh, was Hananiah was Shadrach, Mishael was Meshach, and Azariah was Abednego. And so we're going to continue going on reading. It says that, um, and we're, we're going to pick up at verse three, and it says, then the king ordered, um, the king ordered as Phineas, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility, and the nobility, young men without any physical defects, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick and to understand, and qualified to serve the king's palace. Now, I'ma stop right there. So we talked about how that's what King Nebuchadnezzar was looking for. He was looking for men who were very smart, very handsome, and women who were very beautiful to be a part of his kingdom. You know, um, man, that's crazy. I mean, you 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 taking people out of their own uh, kingdom and you you putting them in yours and you you teaching them different languages and and different stuff to to make them kind of like Babylon Babylonians, man. All right, bet. Cool. All right. So going back on to verse five, it says the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after they were to enter, after that they were enter, they were able to enter the king's service. Um, in verse six, it says among those who were chosen were some of Judah, Daniel from from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. All right, so that's that. All right, so. I just, all in all, what I wanted to share with you guys in this first part of Daniel, um, we want to definitely just give an overview of what's happening in this point. So Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are being captured, but in the process of God keeping Daniel alert of what's already about to happen, and because of this, Daniel's not shaking, Daniel's not moved. And so overall, I just want to tell you guys, tell you guys, that no matter what happens, no matter what goes on in our lives, we got to be in a place that we can't be shaken. We can't be moved. We have to be able to be rooted and grounded in God. And no matter whatever the culture of the world 
whatever happens to the culture of the world, we got to understand that our culture, the kingdom culture, the royal priesthood, we can't be shaken. We can't be moved. We have to continue to stay steadfast no matter what. Listen, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and I love going to International House of Prayer. That's what I, that was one of the first places I went to. And, that, and if you don't know anything about the International House of Prayer, that's a place where you can go and pray uh, for 24 hours. Any, it doesn't matter what time of the day. You can wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I feel like praying. I want to go to the International House of Prayer. You can go there because they're open. But now things have changed. You know, because of the culture of the world, we don't have that luxury of just going to International House of Prayer and just sitting there and soaking with the Word of God and soaking in, in, in worship. You know, we don't have that luxury like that anymore. And so it, it took a shift for me. And so I had to realize that I had to be comfortable with just being in my home and knowing that God is in my home regardless. God is anywhere and God especially is in my home and I have to be comfortable with just being with God in my home and that's it. If God just wants me to be comfortable in my home with him, then that's where that's where we're going to be. We're just not going out tonight. We're not going out this week. We're not going out this season. We're just going to be at home cooped up, you know, watching Netflix and chill or reading the word. That's what we're going to be doing. All right. And so and I have to be comfortable with that. I have to be steadfast in whatever God is calling me into. And that's what Daniel did. That's what Hananiah did and Mishael and Azariah. They were steadfast. They continued to stay at the feet of Jesus. They continued to stay hungry. They continued to pray. They continued to not to be shaken and not be moved. And you're going to read more and more about these men as we continue on to the second part um, next week. But just be encouraged, you guys. Um, don't be shaken by what's going on. And if I was to name this title, man, of what, what we said, of what this is, as for as this whole uh, series, man, I would say don't lose sight of your 2020. That would be the title of this series. Don't lose sight of your 2020 because what God has already given you, what God has already shown you, you can't, you can't afford to allow to take a break on that because of what has, what has transpired. You need to continue to go, continue to get in that, in that, in your office or in your room and write this stuff down, continue to write more, continue to uh, define your blueprint. What does it look like? You know, continue to make an outline of what you're planning on doing in your career or in your, with your dreams, you know, don't be discouraged, keep going. And cause God's going to see you through in this, you know, um, and I think Daniel is the same, was the same way. He was steadfast. He never was shaken. He never was moved. He continued to stay at the feet of Jesus. And because of it, even though he was in a, in a, in a place of uh, 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 that wasn't his culture, God advanced, advanced him in certain areas in his life. And so if we want to be advanced in our lives, God, we have to be faithful to what God's called us into and not be shaken and not be moved. So don't lose sight of your 2020. Y'all stay encouraged. Know that there's meanings behind you. Know there's a meaning behind your name. There's a purpose behind your name. Yeah, just be encouraged, man. There's a, there's a purpose for you. God is ready and he's willing to show you that purpose. Just just be intentional in finding him and finding what that purpose is because there's so much more for you guys. All right, man, I'm not going to hold y'all up for too long. I just want to say thank you. Uh, we're going to be diving in part two. Part two, we're going to get more into like what Daniel's actually doing in Babylon at this time. Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. It gets real, you know what I mean? And it's hard, you know, and I kind of already kind of touched a little bit of base on this, but, you know, Daniel has ha- is having to learn uh, a whole new culture, have to learn a new language, having to learn a new lifestyle. They're dressing him up differently. He's having to uh, do witchcraft and, and magic and magician work and all that 
foolishness that he doesn't worship. He doesn't, he's not a part of, but he has to do this. He has to put up with it. You know what I mean? And at the same time, he still has to worship God despite of it. And he can't allow these things to affect him in the process of him staying rooted and grounded. So while, while, while we're going to get there, but while I just shared that with y'all, just be meditating on that. You're like, you know, hey, God, if I was ever in that situation where things around me are, are not the same or I'm being put in a situation that the culture that I'm in is not my culture, God, how would I react? Would I react the same as them or would I continue to stay rooted and grounded in your love so that I can be a light for these people? Jesus did it all the time when he was in the synagogue, you know. Uh, Paul did it all the time when he was in Romans or Corinth. He was in those places where people were uh, easily influenced. You know, people of God were easily influenced by what was going on around them. But Paul had to be the light and share that light, you know, for them to understand that, no, there's more that God's calling you into. And this ain't it, you know. So um, just be encouraged, you know, with whatever God's doing with you guys. And, yeah, before we leave, I like to pray. And I'll never leave. Uh, I would never leave a podcast uh, or any form of ministry without praying um, and, and sealing what God is doing, what he said in this in this time. So, um, Father God in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to even share your word, Lord, to be able to be an instrument, to be a vessel, to speak to the, so many people out there on this podcast. Lord, I pray that they be touched. I pray that they'll be filled with your words, Lord, and I pray they'll be drunk. Lord, with what you what you said, Lord, and they'll they'll take it, Lord, and apply it, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright, well, thank you guys for joining me. I worship you. I, I don't worship you. We worship God and I thank you. I thank you so much. Alright. I'm a little funny. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm a funny guy. When you get to know me, I'm a really funny. I'm gonna be a little goofy. So just take that in and, and, and you might have to take that in small doses, but I'm very funny. But I'm a I'm a learner trying to time to balance that all right so um y'all be blessed and have a nice all right bye